Hi, this is Pastor Matt, and you're listening to the Lakeside Church Weekly Message Podcast. This is where we broadcast our Sunday morning teaching, so if you missed it or want to hear it again, you're in the right place. Every week we try to teach God's Word in a way that is real so that it becomes alive to you as you hear it. If this message speaks to you in any way, let us know by clicking on our website's contact page at lakesidelife.org, where you can find out more about the church, watch some videos, and even give online. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the podcast. I've shared with you before, it's amazing how God always works with me, that whatever I'm going to speak on, He's going to make me go through whatever that topic is during the week. I think it's just amazing. And I've had my, I've had Gethsemane moments this week. Anybody else have people that raised and, and had dread or recently? And I thought to myself, what is, Dorothy, you had a, you had a dread moment you want to share? No, okay. So what does that mean? I've, I've thought about that. Okay, what does that mean to have a Gethsemane moment? And I think what it means is you have to experience something that only you can do. Only you individually can experience and have to work through. And it's, it's a lonely experience, and I think that's some part of the dread. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit today. But one of the great ways that Jesus handled this, this, this dread is prayer. And so I want to follow Jesus' example. And let's just start off in prayer right now to get our hearts ready to hear his message. So pray with me real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you and we love you so much, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. And Jesus, this is your story today. This is what happened to you. This is what you experienced, Lord. Lord, just fill our hearts and, Lord, fill me and help me convey your story so that we can all hear this and that we can, um, that we can have a new life if we don't know you. And if we know you, that we will embrace you more and learn from what you experienced here. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, so um, today... We're in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's some, some basic, basic things. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the setting. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ a little, a little more in depth. Who is Jesus? We're going to talk about the disciples. More importantly, we're going to talk about you. This is very important that you feel yourself in the story or you put yourself as experiences in the story. And then it's this, this situation, this this. Um, this crisis. So a little bit about the setting where we left off last time when Matt was talking. They had the Last Supper, and it ended with, and then they got up to walk to the Garden of Gethsemane. So um, this is kind of important to understand as we go into this story, as we transfer that over, is what's the setting? Well, the disciples are on top of the world, right? I mean, Jesus has had the triumphal entry and he's shut down the Pharisees and they've all this close tight group has had you know the Passover meal they've, they've, they've celebrated this I think if we were going to relate to this this is Thanksgiving think about Thanksgiving this is the most important meal of the year maybe a, a Thanksgiving dinner right so they're very relaxed they're on top of the world Everything's going to go great. 
Jesus is a Messiah. He's a king. He's going to take over. They have no reason to expect anything bad to happen right now. They're very full. They've had a big meal. Um, they've had wine. Whether you believe that or not, I believe that. They've had some wine. They're very relaxed. And they're going out for a nice stroll with Jesus. There's, there's no expectation that anything's really going to happen. Now, Jesus has prepared them for this moment. He's talked about him being poured out as an offering. And he's talked about him having to sacrifice. But it's my belief in reading this is that at this point, they don't get that. They just don't get that. They're as thick-headed as I am, and, and they just can't see it. He's talked to them about it, but they don't see it. And if they have any inkling of it, they certainly don't believe it's going to happen right now. And I think that is really crucial for us to understand because that's kind of how things go, isn't it? When the crisis really hits, it's by definition a crisis because we didn't expect it necessarily. I mean, 911, December 7th, these were not expected to happen. And so I, I think a lot, I thought a lot about this week about a crisis, some, some really serious thing that you go through. And uh, one of the things that makes it so hard for me is that I recognize, and a very, very serious thing, is that, yes, I've done, maybe I, I, maybe I do expect it. Maybe I have some preparation. But at the moment it hits, there's always something unique enough about that crisis that really the time before it happens, is not, there's not much I can I can transfer to that moment. I've got to deal with that moment. And I've got, to, I've got to assess what's happening right there and move forward. And I think that's kind of the hardest thing to deal with. Um, it, I, I talk a lot about World War II and the soldiers. They're my heroes. And I especially revere the Marines that were in Iwo Jima. And they prepared for a whole year for that. And. Um, all of our air power bombed the island, bombed it for days and days and weeks, and then the ships came in and they bombed and bombed and bombed the island. They unloaded. Everybody figured every, all the enemy was neutralized. They unloaded everybody. They unloaded everybody. And then after an hour when everybody was unloaded and they were the most vulnerable and they were in one little area of the island, they didn't know that the Japanese were underground and they were mainly unaffected by all the bombardment. And at the right time for them, with all their guns dialed into this little tiny beach with everybody unloaded, they unloaded everything on the Marines and the, and the Navy and the medics down there. And they fired in one area and then they closed their, you know, closed, closed so you couldn't see it. And then another area opened up. And in that second, in that second, right there, that nanosecond, yes, the Marines trained, and they were as conditioned as any human could be. But nothing could prepare them for that moment. That moment hit. And they had to figure out a solution to that moment. And, there's, and whatever happened a nanosecond before those rounds were fired is really ancient history. So they've got to deal with that at that second, at that moment. And so this is sort of the, I want to, I want to build this up as this is sort of that moment. 
except for only Jesus Christ and God know what's, what's going to happen. And the disciples are really not aware. And so a couple of things I want you to think about uh, now that I've, I've pondered. I've been a Christian now for almost 30 years, and this is still somewhat a mystery. I have a very good um, uh, Nazarene Jewish friend that said, God leaves just enough mystery there to keep you wanting and to keep you examining and keep you pondering. Matt talked about that in Genesis. God wants us to ponder. He wants us to wonder. And an area that I want to put for you, uh, I will generate more questions than I will answers, but I want you to think about this, and I want you to talk about it in your life group, and I want you to ponder it during the week, is who is Jesus Christ? Is he all human? Is he all God? Where, where, where is he in that? Uh, I have a really good friend you know, Byron Formwalt. And, and he, he's going through a lot of problems, and I'm going through problems, and so we would jog together. And I remember jogging with him two years ago, and he said, Roger, if Jesus is Superman, or he said, I don't think it's fair. I don't, I don't think it's fair to bring up Jesus. Because he has all these great powers. I mean, he can walk on water, and he can cast out demons, and gets up out of the boat, tells the storm to just, and it stops. And I'm just a human struggling through these things. So how can that really help me? Because I'm going through these things as a human. And so that doesn't, that doesn't really help me. But this is where this message is so important for us today. Because I have these questions, too. Because if you say, well, he's all human, well, I, okay. I, so you think about sex? Do you ever get in a fight with his brothers? If he's human, how human is he? What is that human experience? Did he have all of my human experience? Or if he's God, then is he oblivious to, to pain? Is he oblivious to uh, loneliness, to abandonment? So where is that? So this is... This is part of us to examine, but it makes it clear here that all the things that I mentioned, they're irrelevant to how somebody deals with a serious situation because this is where Jesus is somebody that we can relate to. We can very much relate to Jesus because of what we're going to talk about right now. And so I just wanted to, uh, we'll, we'll jump into the scripture, but I want you to, I want to uh, leave you with um, a quote, and I want you to look for this as we're going through the, the scripture. And uh, this is from a book that came out in 1969, and it's from Elizabeth Kubler, it's German with umlaut, I don't know how to do that, Dash Ross. It's called On Death and Dying. And she's the first one that really um, dug in deep and outlined what do people go through as they're grieving or they're dealing with their own imminent death or they're dealing with the loss of a loved one? And she listed five steps, five cycles that people go through. And you've heard these. I think you've probably heard these before, but I'll just kind of reiterate. The first one is denial and isolation. Then that turns usually into anger. And then three is into bargaining. Four is into depression. And then the final one is five, which is acceptance. 
I, I can't avoid this. I'm going I'm to go through that. So I want, I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we read the scripture. I want you to examine the scripture and notice that Jesus, as, as I see, goes through some very human emotions. And to me, that does not um, diminish my faith. That greatly increases my faith. And back to my World War II heroes. What makes them so spectacular to me is not that they're superhuman. It's actually the opposite. It's that they're so human. They were average people, farmers and bankers and school teachers and mothers. They were average people, common people. And they had fears and they had weaknesses. And what is so spectacular about it is that those average people were able to overcome. And, and that, makes that, that makes that really spectacular. So with Jesus, that he goes through some things here that are very human is very uplifting to me and to you because as you go through things, you can know that Jesus personally went through some of the worst parts that we can experience as a human. Okay, so let's jump into scripture. This is in Matthew 26, and it's in uh, verses 36 through 46. And I'll read that real quick, if you'd read that with me. So we left off, you know, the, they, they're, they're coming to the Garden of Gethsemane, and now we're in verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples... Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Okay, now I want to just stop right there. In our local culture, you might be aware that in the, you know, in the LDS faith, this moment is where... Jesus is sacrificed, and they don't believe that he was actually uh, crucified. And I, I would really want that to be true. I mean, I, and that's a very American story. We want it to end on a good story. So, you know, he suffered here in their belief, and, and, that's, and that's where his sacrifice was. This is just, I want to clarify, this is not theologically correct. I, I can understand where that comes from. And I have to say that for me, well, I don't know. You know, when I raised my hand and I said I felt dread or I had my Gethsemane moment, ah, I'm talking, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm not at the point of death. I'm not at my own point of cruel death. I, ha I, I cannot completely relate, honestly. But I know that what I'm going through, I can, I can say Jesus has gone through so much more. So I haven't gone through that. But I'll have to say that whenever anything is a, a moment like Ty talked about, I have to acknowledge the dread is sometimes worse. The anticipation of pain, the anticipation of something bad can be, you know, almost as bad as what you're going through. So I'm sympathetic to them. This is not something that I'm angry at them. I understand where they would come up with this, a very American Brady Bunch solution, but it's not true. So I just want to make that clear. He is crucified, and he knows it. 
and he knows it. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Come pass, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So all of the Bible comes together. It's all woven in, it's all together. And this is back, at least referring, this has come up with several times in Old Testament, but one that makes uh, the most uh, relevant is from Jeremiah 25, 15 through 38. And God says, take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath. And it's poured out for all nations. And so Jesus is talking about drinking the wrath of God. The wrath of God that has been predicted for all time since the Old Testament with all the prophets. He's going to drink it. He's going to jump on the grenade. He's making the sacrifice. And he's human in here. I don't know how, I'm, I'm not going to answer this for you guys. You guys need to talk about this and pray about this. I don't know where this mix is. He definitely walks on water. He casts out demons. He talks about the deity. He's son of God. He is, he is definitely God-like characters. But he also has some very human characteristics. And he does what every single one of us would do if we were faced with our ultimate death. Can I get out of it? Can you please take this cup from me? So he experiences fear, deep fear. And he says, I'm at the point of death. And, and Jesus is not a whiner. And he's not someone that exaggerates. And he doesn't use words lightly. Every word out of Jesus' mouth counts. He's not making this up. He is deeply grieved. And he does, he experiences what we would experience, that we would want to get out of it. Denial, anger, bargaining, right? My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Not, yet not as I will, but as you will. And so he shows the first thing that we need to embrace. He prays, and he talks to God about it. He's not talking, he, this is something that's between him and God, and he, and he prays. And you know, guys, I just got to admit, when the chips are down and there's a crisis, I hate to say this, but I think we can all relate. Last thing I do is pray. It's the last thing I do. It's the last thing I want to do. And it's the most important thing I need to do. With wherever you are, wherever you are, I don't have to be embarrassed of my frailty or pretend that I have to put on some kind of an image with God who knows my heart, who knew about me before I was conceived, knows all about me, knows everything. Can't hide from God. So why wouldn't I come to him? But I don't. I don't. I just don't. And, uh, you know, Jesus does. You know, he does. And, and there's so much here that he, he needs a sanctuary he needs somewhere quiet. And he's asking them, can you just guard? Can I? I know you can't come through this with me. But can you at least be awake with me and walk with me a little bit in this? Can you, can you, can you post so I know I have protection, that I can go somewhere and have sanctuary and pray to God and get ready? So he's working through this cycle 
And then I think that's kind of apparent. We're kind of cliche in the church of, well, we just need to pray. We need to pray. Well, what does that really look like? What does that mean? When do I need to do that? How do I do that? How do I do it when I can't think straight and I'm so upset? How do I do that? How do I have the presence of mind? I can't even think. And I've got to do something to pray. But Jesus explains that. No, that's the exact time that you need to do it. You know? Prayer is kind of, um, when I was uh, going to solo, first time I was going to solo an airplane, I was scared to death. And I didn't know if I was going to do it. It was in a Cessna 172, and I was taxiing up. I was like, I'm going to be all along and hit another plane and crash. And, all this. and a P-51 Mustang taxied up. I said, well, hey, this is why I'm doing it. There it is. And it's a beautiful plane. Beautiful. But it was never meant to be a museum piece. It's a warbird. It's a weapon. It was meant to fight. And prayer is a weapon. It's not some pretty thing that we keep in our church and it's for beautiful speech and great oratory. It's a weapon. It's a weapon that God gave us and it's our greatest weapon. And we leave it at home. and We let it rust and we don't do it. So I can't emphasize this enough. Jesus prays. It's, just, it's very simple. He just prays. Was it ugly? Probably. Is he upset? Very upset. Is he afraid? He's very afraid. He's to the point of death, and he prays. Okay. Then, but, and, oh, and then, but he's looking, he knows the mission. This is part of the mission. i got to carry this through. This is important. So he comes, he's always striving not to just pray for his flesh, but for God's will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you don't, so you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's as human as it gets. I mean, that's so true. I mean, part of the problem is just physical limitation. Fatigue, tired, I'm just too tired. I know this is what I need to do. I know I need to pray. I'm just too exhausted. I don't have the energy to pray. I don't have the energy to believe. I don't have the energy to go on. It's, 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 the, human, it's the human condition. And we see Jesus in a moment. We've all been that way. We've all experienced this probably in a little way. Could even be... Something as simple as you have a task that you have to do and then other people are having fun. You know how bad that feels? You feel like you're the only one that I've got to do. I'm the only one that is burdened with this. Why do I feel like I'm the only one that is having this burden? And nobody and everybody else is oblivious to this burden. You know, so Jesus is going through this with Peter. But I think it's interesting. He's still teaching Peter. Peter. This isn't the last time you're going to go through this type of crisis. You've got a lot more coming. And so remember this. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. Pray so you don't fall into temptation. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So notice the difference between that prayer and the first prayer. There's no bargaining anymore. But he still needs 
to go through this before he can, I mean, he still needs to pray so that he can be prepared. And he again came and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again, and he prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. So this whole thing has been a process. It's very important. Jesus isn't superhuman in this. He has to pray. He prays three times. And it's a process of starting out where he's isolated and he's alone and he's at the point of death with this dread, with this burden. Like Ty said, he's just, it's just he's overwhelmed. And so that's the amazing thing. That's the thing to remember, right? And, and our, our pilots are taught this in emergency situations. No matter how bad you've been trained, that if you have a flashing red light, you have a process, no matter where you are, that you follow. And so in his moment of overwhelm, being overwhelmed, he remembers to pray. He remembers to pray, first step. He, he initiates that. He initiates it with God. And the, then he's going through the situation. He's going through those, those stages with God and praying through with God so that at this final point, Jesus goes from a point of being troubled to the point of death and burden to where he's prayed with God to where he says, I've accepted this. This is what is going to happen. This is, this is my, my lot right now. This is the situation. This is what I have to do. I've, I've accepted this. And then Jesus gets up. He says, get up. Let's go. And then he, he travels to the people that will take him captive and brutally torture him and kill him. He makes that step. So he's gone to a complete acceptance of the situation. So this is a good, um, where there's more to come with next week and, and, and with Jesus. But I, I leave with you um, to examine yourself in the story. I think some questions that a Christian always ought to ask as they're reading through this is they should continually talk about this person of Jesus. How does that impact my life? How, does, how will I use that today? How, when I've heard this, how will that help me uh, in my life today? And I think this is the most of any of them because I've been through a lot of crises. I've been through a lot of Gethsemane moments. Um, and it's very, very difficult. I don't, I, don't, um, I don't know how to describe it enough. The feeling of being alone, the feeling of being burdened, uh, the dread. Um, some of the things that I go through as I, as I process it, all of my weaknesses and all my fears just are boiling up. All of my sin is out there when you, when you go through this. It's kind of 
a thing, the phrase that we, we say at the moment of truth. This is, this is really going to come to be. I, um, and I, I get a lot of satisfaction. I get a lot of um, comfort. I get um, a lot of direction, and I get a lot of hope in knowing that our Savior went through the worst of it. And uh, that, that means to me so many things. It means, um, one, puts in perspective what I'm going through. And so I spend a lot of time rack and stacking what I'm going through in relation to what our Lord went through. And sometimes that alone just helps align me to have the right response to the situation, maybe. Um, it means so much to me that um, God loved us so much that he put his sons through that. I, mean, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't put my son through that for strangers, for sinners, for... You know, and so uh, he he put them through all of that. Uh, it means so much to me that his son is going to experience this punishment directly from God. God has to administer the punishment. We don't like kids won't believe this. We don't like punishing our kids. It's really hard. That's such a corny line. Well, this is going to hurt me more than is you. Well, then why don't you bend over and let me spank you, you know? Then, okay. But we don't like that. But God is going to dole out the punishment on his innocent son, right? And so all of this together, but the biggest thing for me is the way Jesus responds to it is in such a human way that I can directly relate to. And it's such a relief to me to know that when I have a crisis situation, I don't have to worry about what society will say. And I've got such a great um, example that Jesus provided in the way that he handled this situation. And he just keeps it very simple. And he just prays. So let's just pray. And I'll end it there. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much, Lord. Lord, I just, uh, I lift up everybody. We all go through moments that we're alone and we feel burdened. And sometimes we feel like we can't have relief. And we feel this un, uh, unshakable sense of dread. And it's overwhelming. And sometimes, Lord, we love you so much, but we just can't find the energy or the courage or the presence of mind to just come to you, Lord, and pray. And God, we're just praying now. There's just so many of us that have burdens. Um, just pray, God, that you would, you would reach out to us and comfort us. Lord, just help us this week um, as we go out in the world we get distracted and we get busy, then in the worst of the moments, Lord, 
that we'll remember to do as Jesus did and just to pray. God, we thank you so much and we love you very much. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Lakeside Podcast. If you have any questions at all about the message, if you have any struggles you're going through, or if you simply want to respond to what you've heard, we'd love to hear from you. Go to our website at lakesidelife.org and click on the contact page to let us know what's on your heart. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time.